Hi there, I'm Adam Leventhal and welcome to yet another of the Athletics Premier League Countdown podcasts. With the return of the 2019-20 season only days away, we're releasing 20 shows on the Ornstein and Chapman feed, each one dedicated to a different Premier League team. So that's two podcasts a day, every day up until the football returns. Now, if you're not already a subscriber, you can sign up right now and take advantage of our 30-day free trial by going to theathletic.com forward slash Ornstein and Chapman to enjoy the best football writing anywhere just as the season makes its return. Now, in this episode, we are taking a closer look at Manchester United, fifth in the Premier League, just three points off the top four and we can welcome the Athletics dedicated Manchester United correspondent Laurie Whitwell to the show who's also the host of our podcast Talk of the Devils alongside Andy Mitten and Carl Anker. That's been running all season and throughout the lockdown as well. There's been a lot of hard work going into that uh, podcast hasn't there Laurie? Plenty, yes. We've had a few decent guests on, Henning Berg, Mikhail Silvestre, and Andy's got a vast uh, array of stories in his in his locker and his treasure trove of memories, and he's, he's spoken to everyone throughout the years, really. So he, he always dips in and just produces a lovely little gem every week that we're just both sort of open-mouthed at, and, and I, I try and contribute, obviously, and I've, I've had a few little news stories on there that have been worthwhile, hopefully, people listening to. So it's, it's a decent watch, a decent listen, rather. You can't actually watch it if, uh, if you do subscribe. <laughs> Yeah, there's been there's been plenty to uh, to digest over over the lockdown. So do check out Talk of the Devils. Um, I know, I mean, it seems like an age ago that we were we were playing football. Just bring us up to speed with where Manchester United had reached when uh, lockdown started. Yeah, you did a good job in the intro to be fair, Adam. But they were on a really good run. Um, Eleven matches unbeaten, uh, twenty nine um, goals scored in that time. Fifteen different goal scorers, which is quite remarkable, really. And nine clean sheets. So they'd just gone to Lask uh, in Austria. I was at that game that was behind closed doors, and so you got a sort of feel for how eerie it might be now, um, coming back to to uh, behind closed doors games. But they were in a really good uh, frame of mind, um, sort of really confident about things um three points behind Chelsea as you say so they were close there they were basically through um to the last eight of the uh Europa League and also the FA Cup quarterfinals so they're in a good good mode Solskjaer kind of got his team as he wanted it um certainly just before this run uh, they lost at home to Burnley in uh, a game that was that was you know toxic really the atmosphere it was it was horrific and uh, and, and so to, to come through that and, and have the the lift off that they did um for that 11 game run really was quite remarkable so we'll see it's it's kind of it's always feels like a little bit of a brittle confidence with united this season you know, the, the those surprising results haven't always been too far away bournemouth newcastle west ham have, have been disappointing but i do feel that solskjaer's got the squad he, he pretty much wants for for the time being and he's got a lot of options now with with paul Pog- and Marcus Rashford coming back from injury. I'll talk to you about Paul Pogba predictably uh, in, mm. in a moment's time. But you know, coming into to lockdown, part of the the, the revival and that solid run of form was um, centered around the, the form of Bruno Fernandez, who was mm. who was a great addition in January, wasn't he? I, I mean, it's it, it's it's one of the reasons to be cheerful to be getting back to playing football once again to see how he performs because he he made a great start, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've, it's been a long time since a player 
um, has, has joined United and made such an immediate impact, not only with his play on the pitch, you know, he, he scored a couple of penalties that were really well taken, plus that goal at Everton from long range, plus his passing, um, his creativity, his kind of dynamism. And listen, he gave the ball away a few times, but also he was trying stuff and, and a lot of the time it was coming off. Um, but more than his play on the pitch, it was his presence on the pitch and the way he is around the training ground. And I'm, I'm led to believe that that's just continued, you know, his sort of leadership that he has, that he had whilst he was at Sporting Lisbon. And I think we've, we've done a few pieces on how um, vocal he could be with his criticisms of, of his fellow teammates that were always you know, going in the right direction. Um, it was coming from the right place from him. Um, he's done that at United, come straight straight in. And I think fair, fair play to him for, for coming into a club, the scale of Manchester United, but also bringing with him his, his natural disposition. And he, he, he does enjoy you know, getting a word in um, his teammates' ears and, and he won't hide his disappointment if they don't quite meet up to his standards. So listen, maybe they'll have a pot back at him if, if, they, if he doesn't match their standards but I think that's a good thing you know you, you, you think back to what Roy Keane was like when he was at Manchester United and, and his standards were extremely high and, and that kind of fed throughout the, the squad so I'm not saying Bruno Fernandes is a, a Roy Keane character uh, far from it just yet but he's certainly got that kind of instinct in him that I think uh, warms the fans and elevates the team. Obviously he's going to be important to the to the team fighting on on three fronts and I mean, he might not be able to feature in in every game, but it is going to be very important that his his form uh, keeps up to those high standards. But if we just concentrate on the, on the Premier League and the, and the run in, yeah, the first two games against Tottenham and, and Sheffield United uh, against you know competitors for European football uh, are going to be are going to be tricky. But the rest of it looks pretty good doesn't it for Manchester United if you if you take a sort of look all the way through it's probably only Leicester on the final day and surely everything will be done and dusted by then that's exactly my view of it you know you'd look at what other teams have got and, and United is certainly a, I suppose you'd say a gentler run of fixtures clearly the the game at Spurs will be a really interesting one um, they were mm. they were really looking forward to that one actually when the uh, lockdown came because obviously Spurs had a couple of players injured Harry Kane Son um, but I think also the fact that United were in such a good mode they, they, they were confident on that one so we'll see how that one goes Sheffield United will be difficult but you know you, you would still fancy United and, and then as you say uh, Brighton away, um, Bournemouth at home, Aston Villa away, Southampton at home, Palace away, West Ham at home. A run of fixtures that United could certainly continue this run on. You know, they might not win them all, but you'd, you'd back them to, if they kept up their form, to, to certainly get enough points to, to really push Chelsea in that fourth position. And I know we don't know yet what will happen with Manchester City's um, situation with Cass, but I think they they ultimately are targeting that fourth position. I suppose there's only perhaps, you know, that you look at the uh, Norwich away fixture on the 27th of June, half five, and then there's a Brighton away fixture on Tuesday the 30th of June. So four days apart, two away fixtures, you know, the logistics of getting to those places with with coronavirus and and social distancing might prove a little bit more difficult than they would do. That's perhaps something to just be navigated. Um, and, And also, I suppose I would strike one note of caution in that United have had these results results against teams that you would have backed them to beat when they've been able to sit deep and, and, and draw United on. United have found that difficult as we found, you know, at, um, Newcastle away, Bournemouth away, West Ham away, Burnley at home. So, so they have lost to fixtures where you'd say they, they should win. So they can't, you know, take them for granted in this form. Although, as you say, with, with Bruno in the team now and Pogba coming back, you'd think that they've got more creativity to, to break those low blocks. I've noticed that you've twice listed um, fixtures that have been unexpected results for Manchester United and failed to 
mention United's defeat at, at Watford. I, I won't sorry, yeah, I just, sorry, I, that was an aberration <laughs> on my behalf. Of, of course, the Watford one, yeah. Well, course, maybe they're a, bi- a bigger team than I, you know, than the other ones. Exactly. You put them in a, it's just another one of your rivals almost. <laughs> exactly. Now. Um, yeah. um, in terms of, you know, you mentioned about Manchester City and you almost want to, I suppose, take that out of the minds of the players. And when you look at it, okay, you've got three points um, back from, from Chelsea in fourth. It's eight points back from, from Leicester in third. Do, do you think that deep down they'll think, right, well, the run that we were on, if we keep it going, third could be ours? The, the third has been mentioned. When I've spoken to people around the club, you know, they've they've not said that Leicester are home and hose, and I don't mm. think Leicester would say they're home and hosed either, particularly when you look at the way their form was, was pretty patchy, although they did obviously end with a, a resounding win over Villa before everything was brought to a standstill. So I, I don't think that Leicester are absolutely guaranteed. You'd, you'd think they've got enough in the bank to, to kind of see that through, but it's not you know, a foregone conclusion. The Chelsea one is, is the really interesting one. I know they've um, been impressive with the transfers that they brought in with, with Timo Werner, you know, we expect, and um, Ziyech from, from Ajax, but clearly they're not going to be playing for them this season. And the way that United beat them at Stamford Bridge 2-0 shows that Chelsea are still vulnerable. So three points doesn't feel like an awful lot in this situation. And I do think that they will be trying to target, you know, fourth, if not, if not third, um, win this run. I don't think they'll be satisfied with fifth. Okay, um, let's talk about someone that we did mention earlier on, and he always he always attracts attention, rightly or or wrongly. Paul Pogba, he's he's fit now. Are, are you expecting him to play a key role uh, towards the end of the season, and then and then maybe beyond that, where does his future lie? Yeah, it's the perennial question, isn't it? The Paul Pogba mm-hmm. one. Um, he is back fit playing so he's, he's played in two um, intra-club friendlies up to this point one on Saturday at Old Trafford and then one um, on Tuesday which was was going to be against Stoke but um, Michael O'Neill tested positive for coronavirus just before um, he arrived at Carrington and then the, even though the Stoke players were there so anyway that, that match got called off but Paul Pogba played in in that match again so he, he's he's come through you know contact training his ankle seems fine um, obviously fitness match fitness will be an issue given he didn't play he hasn't played since you know a competitive match since uh, Boxing Day which is a long long time ago now um, I think certainly he's, he's, a, he's a major major option for Solskjaer you know for all the fact that he might want to weigh and where is his head still he is Manchester United's you know really the best player if he's on form and as you, me- you mentioned the Watford game and, and that one springs to mind when he, he came off the bench um, and United were absolutely awful for that first sort of hour he came off the bench and instantly was creating chances and perhaps in the end you know United were unlucky not to get a point um, just purely from his kind of creativity and his force of personality so United will be looking to him to do that kind of thing for this run in they I think they look at it and, and, and they might have 18 games I, I don't know what happens with the Europa League for sure, you know, if, if they then go into single leg knockouts from the quarterfinal stage, but um, they might have, you know, 18 games, so clearly they'll need to rely on him at, at various different points. I don't know if he goes straight back into the starting lineup because of the way that United were playing without him and also the fact that, you know, he, we don't know if he can last the full 90. Clearly, with the extra subs now, that'll be a, a you know, bonus for United with a deep squad that they've got. Um, it's a really interesting one, and I, I, w- I, would, I would imagine him, he, he will come back and and now that he's over his injuries, it's a sort of clean slate, so to speak. And I would love to see him harness the opportunity. And obviously, longer term, 
you know, I just think he will ultimately leave United. He's he's sort of said that, you know, in so many words. His agent has said that in in, in you know more obvious words. Um, but really, is there a club out there that could could pay the money for him now? Uh, Real Madrid, Juventus, do they really have the cash available for for the kind of sums that United would demand? I don't think so. So you know, we could well see Paul Pogba playing for United next season, um, which. I guess we'll see how that will go in this current run now, whether that will be a, a good thing or not. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, I suppose it, it just seems to rumble on and on and on. But maybe, mm. who knows, it might be after after lockdown that he is, I don't know, a different a different proposition for, for Manchester United. Maybe he has... He has changed his his thoughts, and maybe he uses this as a, as an opportunity to show clubs that uh, yeah, come and get me. Um, mm. But he will also contribute to, to Manchester United doing very very well indeed, mm. and and that's what Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is is going to want. I mean, let's just finish on on his future. In terms of your understanding of the situation, is Manchester United's finishing position? going to ultimately decide whether he stays or goes or is this now a longer term plan and he is the man for you know the remainder of this season for next season and beyond is that is that your feeling on it yeah I've changed my sort of impression as the season's gone on he certainly has been close at times United have always insisted that once he's got the permanent job he's their guy he's the he's you know, presented them with a vision for for the club for three years, and everything that he's doing is, I think, for the benefit of the club, including, you know, letting Romelu Lukaku go, letting Sanchez go, and then not replacing them to give you know Mason Greenwood space. But you know, so he he sort of sacrificed his own potential uh, credentials there for the good of the club because that is what you know ultimately will be the benefit of the club. You look at the young players coming through, um, so that's kind of the the pillar of everything. That United want him to be a success. That that being said, without the Champions League, United's financial prospects do take a, a major hit. Qualifying for the Champions League is really what United are, uh, ideally are built around as the base. You know, before we get on to challenging for titles and and trophies. So if they don't qualify for the Champions League. I do think that will raise questions. Whether that means he goes, I don't know. I think I still think there's enough credit in the bank. I suppose it depends how the results go. If it if they you know do brilliantly and they just miss out by some freak you know situation of luck, then that would be one thing. But if they fall away and it gets back to the stages of descent as we saw at various different points this season, um, then you know maybe that's another way of looking at it. I do think the way that he has. Um, set his team up in big games has been a real benefit and you look at the way that they beat Manchester City um, before lockdown happened and and that the atmosphere in the stadium that night was one of the best for a long long time and I, I do think that that ability to produce the results in the big games should stand him in good stead um, even if there is a, a few hiccups along the way because ultimately he, I can see that, he, that the stuff that he's doing is 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 improving the club as a whole um so it's i guess but it, but as i say you know that the top four thing is is a is a big issue also final point crystal ball how's it all going to go <laughs> i actually i think that way they've been away United have all stuck together. The, the players, they've, they've done all the, the training regimes. You've got Marcus Rashford and Paul Pogba back, which you can't really forget they were absent for all this run. Um, Bruno Fernandes, I'm sure he'll be firing. You, 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 so there's a good feeling around them. I, I think they'll actually snatch fourth um, and I'd love to see them even, you know, 
I could see them winning the Europa League as well because you look at the opposition there and, and you probably say they're the biggest fish. So something like that. I mean, maybe I'm maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm massively over optimistic, but I, I can see those two things coming off. Actually, we shall see. Laurie, thank you very much indeed. It's uh, great to have your company. And uh, don't forget that if you're not already subscribing to The Athletic, make sure that you go to theathletic.com forward slash Ornstein and Chapman to enjoy all of Laurie's articles on Manchester United. Uh, You can currently take advantage of a 30-day free trial if you want to try it out before committing to that full subscription. And with that, you'll be able to enjoy all the best football writing as the Premier League returns. And Manchester United fans, don't forget, uh, if uh, you weren't already aware, and then make sure that you subscribe and listen to the Talk of the Devils available on all good podcast providers for free and ad-free via the Athletic app. Uh, They'll bring you the very best coverage of your club throughout the rest of the season and beyond. And don't forget, keep an eye on this podcast feed and the Athletic app to hear all 20 of our Premier League countdown podcasts, each one dedicated to a different team. Thanks very much for listening and we'll see you for the next one. 